Good morning. Good morning. It's, it's good to see you. Everybody's kind of, everybody's kind of chatty as they're coming in this morning. Y'all, yeah, y'all continue. Keep that, keep that love and goodwill going there. Uh, but in the meantime, I'll welcome you to our tradition service at Gaston First United Methodist Church. Welcome to you if you're worshiping online with us. Wherever you are, all across the United States and the world, we welcome you and we're glad you're here. Say hello to us and, and let us know where you're worshiping with us today. We're glad to be connected to you in that way. I, I want to make a couple of announcements and, and uh, get started that way. We are starting today with um, a season of, of prayer and discernment. And you will notice we have a guest speaker up here today. Uh, Reverend Monica Harbarger will be our guest speaker today. And we've been talking this up and you, I, having heard her at nine o'clock, you're, you're in for a blessing. I know you're gonna love what she has to say and remind us uh, of the tone that we need to have for the next upcoming five weeks. You're gonna have three different chances to hear two, two speakers on the subject of uh, disaffiliation versus staying UMC. And starting this afternoon at three o'clock, Reverend D. Dowdy from Rainbow City United Methodist Church will be here and he will speak. And, uh, and then Reverend Tammy Jackson, who is at Anderson First United Methodist, will be uh, speaking afterwards. The way it'll go is, um, is D will speak for 30 minutes. We'll have 30 minute question and answer time. We'll have a break. And then at 4.15, Tammy will speak for 30 minutes, 30 minute question and answer, dismiss. These are not voting sessions, these three sets of uh, speakers that we have. These are not debates. These are just chances for these particular people to share from their heart how that they arrived to their decision either to stay in the UMC or to disaffiliate. So, and we're having, having one today. We're having one on a September the 11th and one on October 2nd. And you can see all of this information, by the way, in our newsletter and in our church app. And I encourage you to take a look at that. One last thing, this Wednesday night at six o'clock, our Bishop, Bishop Deborah Wallace Pageant will be at Christ Central Church and at six o'clock. And I'm inviting my adult Wednesday night Bible study group to go over there to hear the Bishop. The youth and children are still gonna be here, okay? And they're gonna be eating pizza and doing youth and children stuff. But anybody else that wants to go hear the Bishop at Christ Central Church um, at six o'clock this coming Wednesday, uh, I'd love to hear what she has to say. And so let's pray. Thank you, O oh Lord, as we gather to worship, we pray that we would center our hearts on what you would say to us through your Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name, amen.
I invite you to remain standing and affirm with your faith with us with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. We're grateful to be able to give unto the Lord our, our service, our time, our talents, our, our presence together in worship as well as our tithes and offerings. I want to invite you to take advantage of the different opportunities. Not only will you have the ushers passing plates in front of you, but you can always give through our church app, through our church website. You can text to give. Um, you know what is even better than that is coming up to me or Pastor Andy or Sheila and saying, you know, I really would like to help. Just put me to work. We, we like to have that. I'm looking at Eileen back there. She'd like to have you come and say, Eileen, I want to I do something. She'll get you or Barbara Bennett will too. Um, but we're grateful for all the ways that you support your church. And we, uh, we're so, so blessed to do that. And uh, so will you, will you pray with me as we pray over our offering? Lord... You have given us every good and perfect thing that comes into our lives. And we know, Lord, that the more we give, the more we receive. And that's the way your kingdom works. So help us to give cheerfully. Help us to give generously. And we pray that everything that we give will be blessed by you and further your kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen.
please be seated. We, uh, we survive by prayer, uh, and we all need prayer. We need to pray for each other all the time, and, and especially when we have times that are, that are a little bit rough and rocky. For the next five weeks, we'll be especially needed to pray for our church and our church leadership and our staff and for God to guide us through this. In addition to that, life goes on and we have people that are on our hearts right now that could, that could use a touch from God, either it's a healing touch or a, a strengthening arm uh, or some guidance. So we have all of these needs and we do have a way for you to share them with us because uh, a burden shared is a little bit lighter. Write your needs down on a prayer card and give it, give it to us. Put it in the offering plate. Hand it to me. I'll pass it along to our prayer team. We will pray for you. You can send them by, by email or, or on our church website. If you're worshiping with us now and you don't mind, you could, just, you could write it in the comment section. We will get it to the right people and we will pray for you. We like to hear celebrations too. So if you have an answer to prayer or something to celebrate, then we like to hear about that too. We want to celebrate with you as well. Will you just join me now as we, as we pray together? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for um, all your blessings. And it is a blessing to get to worship together in this beautiful place. Everywhere we look, we are reminded of your glory and your majesty. The, the music lifts us up. The, the liturgy is, is so special to us and so comfortable and familiar to us. And Lord, something about being together with your people in this special place is enough sometimes to help lift those burdens. But sometimes, Lord, we need more than that. And, and sometimes we just need extra grace. So I pray for extra, extra grace today. Uh, because without your grace, without your guidance, without your Holy Spirit leading us, without the, the healing balm that you can pour that, that soothes our, our troubled souls, then we just can't make it. But with your help, we can. With your help, all things are possible. So those people that we have on our hearts, those impossible situations that we, we look at in our lives and in our world every day, we lift them to you, the God for whom nothing is impossible. We open our hearts and our souls to you as the word is spoken and as the hymns are sung, we pray that the seed will find its place in our hearts and bring forth fruit. And now teach us to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples, Lord, when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
I think Miss Catherine's going to take our children to children's church right now. So if you want to go to children's church, then, then you're going to have fun going over here to your right and to my left, Miss Catherine. There we go. The rest of us are going to stand and sing our hymn of preparation. This is a short hymn. It's a beautiful hymn, but it's kind of short. So we're going to sing the whole thing through twice. Okay. Number 328, surely the presence of the Lord. Will you stand and sing with me?
Our guest preacher today is Reverend Monica Harbarger. She's the Executive Director of United Counseling in Birmingham. She's a, a native of McCullough, Alabama, and went to the, was it University of North Alabama or Auburn? I, I mean, um, I think University of Alabama, wasn't it? I get those confused. <laughs> so, and y'all know that I'm lying on that. So, uh, her husband Joe is here with us today, and we're, we're so glad. Monica especially is, is counseling, but she also had a call of God to, to follow uh, God's leading and, and be ordained as a deacon in the United Methodist Church. And um, I think you're going to enjoy what she has to say today. Monica. Good morning. Uh, I always am honored when uh, folks invite me into their place of worship, but especially uh, I don't take that invitation lightly, especially in circumstances where a faith community is discerning and grounding themselves uh, through this process. So I am honored to be here and to share just a few moments with you. I'm going to be reading uh, the entirety of Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I'm exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you'll join with me in prayer. God, over these next few moments, our prayer is just to recognize and feel your presence here with us. God, may your Holy Spirit encompass this holy place of worship. May our minds be cleared and our hearts be settled. God, may we feel the tensions and the anxiety ease from our bodies as we are open to your words, to your works, and to your presence here among us. We ask these things in your name. Amen. So I have to confess to you this morning that I don't really spend a lot of time in the book of Psalms when I am reading scripture. I tend to gravitate towards you know, the Gospels or those really dramatic stories of our Old Testament. And it's only in these moments when I am um, forced to sit in a psalm and to really spend an adequate, meaningful amount of time to kind of marinate in the words of that psalm that I'm reminded of just how truly beautiful they are. And every time this happens, I think to myself, that is time well spent. I surely need to do more of that. Because the Psalms are our model of faith. They teach us 
how to be in relationship with God, but they also teach us how to be in relationship with each other. We have the wisdom and the experiences of all of the authors of these 150 Psalms. And some of them come in these brilliant pictures painted that are bold and dark. And then you read some that seem to be really light and wispy. And then you have all of the others who are somewhere in between those two. Beautiful pictures, meaningful imagery. And it's as if these psalms give us permission. The psalms give our heart a voice to speak into the discomforts that we feel in life, the majesty we feel in awe of God, but also to speak into what it means to be in relationship with God. Now this particular one, Psalm 46, this morning is so beautiful and honest. Uh, it paints a picture and has natural destruction and earthquakes and tsunamis. There's violence between nations and kingdoms that were once so strong seem to be crumbling and fragile. As you read through it, you can almost feel the anxiety of being in the presence of such upheaval, of something stirring and reorganizing and rearranging the parts of your life that you felt like you knew so well. It's not really a hard stretch for us this morning to imagine ourselves in that same place to imagine ourselves experiencing that anxiety and that fear and that panic. But as you read through it, you'll see off to this side this little weird word that seems to be hanging in the, the dead space after, after the end of each stanza. This little word just sitting there, Selah. Now, that's words usually skipped if you are printing a psalm or it's considered an afterthought or a footnote. We just don't pay that much attention to it. But in the book of Psalms, you see this word 78 different times. And Selah is simply a pause in the poetry. Selah is meant to give you a moment to reflect and to absorb what you just heard and what you just experienced so that you can feel confident in what God is trying to show you. So I'm gonna read it again and we're gonna practice Selah. So whenever I get to the place where I find that word Selah, we're just gonna collectively as one take a breath. So listen to these words again. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. Breathe in. Breathe out. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. 
The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Breathe in. Breathe out. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I'm exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Breathe in. And breathe out. When we honor Sila, when we honor that pause, our minds have time to consider the power of the words, that experience that we just had before we move on. It helps ensure that we are hearing what it is that we need to hear and we are allowing God to be present in our midst. This pause is essential for our faith development because it is in the pause that we get the clarity and the understanding and the perspective in that holy, holy presence that we are desperate for. But learning to be present, truly present with God and with each other is a skill that is sharpened all throughout our lifespans. And there are so many things that try to pull us away, that try to distract us, that try to deter us from sitting there with it. So much so that we have to be intentional. We have to be present with each other and with God on purpose. Be still and know that I am God. When I uh, was first getting ready to leave my master's program about 20 years ago, and to begin working in this field of mental health, I have to admit that I was terrified. I didn't feel like I had wisdom or answers. I didn't feel like I could actually help anybody. I didn't feel like I knew what I was doing, and I didn't. I didn't have wisdom, I didn't have answers, I really didn't know how to help people because I'd never started doing it. And it's the sort of thing that you learn as you go. That you refine your skills, you learn the dynamics of people and relationships, and you begin to utilize what God has given you from the very beginning. But as I was preparing to, to graduate, the dean sat down with me to have a conversation about what particular population of people I felt like I would be most drawn to. And I couldn't answer that question except through telling him who I wasn't drawn to. So I said, well, I don't really feel like I'm made to work with the serious mentally ill. I said, I don't really feel like I'm uh, created or comfortable working with any kind of abuse or trauma, let's go ahead and say no to PTSD, um, any kind of violence. And I kept going on and on and he stopped me and he said, Monica, you just wanna work with people who are just having a bad Tuesday? I was like, yes, <laughs> that's exactly what I feel equipped to do, is to work with people who are having just an off Tuesday. But then after spending 20 years or more in it, what I've finally learned, and what I've come to understand, that working with people, 
being with people has so much more to do with your presence than it has to do with the words that you offer them. Being comfortable, being present with another person takes a whole lot of practice. It's not quite as easy as it sounds because it challenges you to say less and to listen more. It challenges you to allow the silence to ask the questions instead of feeling like you have to have all of the questions. It challenges you to reflect on how you can actually represent grace and mercy and forgiveness to someone who is in need. And especially in the times that we are going through right now with our beloved denomination. It, this idea of practicing being present is the most important thing that we can do. Because when we do that, when we sit in a room full of people and we practice that art of being present with them, what we ultimately end up doing is honoring them and honoring God. Being present with another person honors their story, it honors their experiences, it honors the reasons why they think or they believe the way that they do. Being present and being willing to sit in sila, that pause with other people, invites God into the space so that God can clarify, God can discern, God can lead us into the path that we were meant to go this whole time. But when we do that, we are challenged to put aside all of our pride and our assumptions to hit pause on those judgments or the idea that we already know how this is going to go. Practicing sila means it challenges us to just trust in the pause that God has offered up for us. Be still and know that I am God. Now this act of pausing on purpose to be present is actually an act of turning towards each other, turning towards God, turning towards those relationships that matter to us, turning towards our faith community. And you can look through all of the research that they have on relationships of all different types, and you will see that all of them say it is better to turn towards someone when we're under stress than it is to turn away. And our natural tendency as humans is that when we are under stress, we immediately turn away. Turn away from our partners, turn away from our friendships, turn away from our church families, and we turn inwards into ourselves. And we will start doing those sorts of things that just sort of numb us out, whether it is TV or your phone or social media whether it's shopping or drinking or whatever vice that it is that we all have, we start turning towards the things that make us stop feeling. And when that happens, when we begin to turn away from the people in our lives that offer us that support and that presence, what ends up happening is that we create distance and division. And it feels real small at first until we get to the place in our lives where 
we turn back and we see how far away from each other we have moved. And it's in that moment where all of this grief begins to come to the surface. And I'm sure you can feel that distance today. I feel that distance today in my own place of worship and the work that I do. That recognition that we have been turning away from each other instead of turning towards each other and turning towards God. You would think that after a two and a half year global pandemic, we would finally catch a break. That there would be a time where we could just sort of take it easy and allow things to return back to the normal that we want it to be. But it just seems to never stop. Every time we wake up, there may be a new variant or a new battle, a new war a new polarizing issue or violence or tragedies or brokenness just seem to surround us. And all we want to be able to do is to count on one thing, one thing to stay the same, one thing to be consistent and stable and unchanging. And when that one thing begins to feel fragile to us, when that one thing that we can count on seems to begin to crumble, oh man, we get flooded with all of these emotions. But the singular emotion that we will scoop up the fastest and the quickest is anger. Because that is so much easier to deal with than grief or sorrow. Those sticky emotions that we can't put words to, but we can put words to anger. And so we allow that anger to flood us, to increase our distance and increase our separation, when what is really happening is that we're all really sad and we're all really afraid and we just don't know what the next day holds in store for us. And so God shows us and God tells us the power of turning towards each other in these moments, of coming together as one, of pausing in the midst of all of this and honoring those that are around you, reminding yourself of the power of relationship, the power of community, and the power of God within that community. Sila is a discipline. Sila does not come naturally. It's a discipline that stretches us to soak in the reality of who God is and who we are in God. And as I look out into this congregation this morning and I think if we truly are and truly believe God to be this divine artist that has been the creator of all that we know, who took the time to not only create the beauty and wonder of our world, but took the time and the details to knit each and every one of us in the womb. If we believe that, and I think that we do, if we truly believe that God knows how many hairs are on our head and has the power to silence nature and to create something out of absolutely nothing, which I think you believe and I know that I believe, 
If we believe that God entered into this world not only to embrace the brokenness, but reconcile our own brokenness, if we believe that this very God in the flesh that we came to know as Jesus Christ was able to calm a stormy sea with those very same words, be still and know. If you believe that that is your God and I believe that that is my God, then the way that we honor that belief and the way that we honor our God is to have enough courage to show up, to be present, and to honor all of the voices and all of the stories that surround us. And as we sit in that discomfort together, we allow the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit does best. Be still and know that I am God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much, Monica. Will you stand with me as you're able to and join me as we sing our closing hymn, and that is Be Still My Soul, number 534.
Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit go with us all now and forever. Amen.